Welcome to the Mums Edit Podcast. Hi guys, it is Steph here. Today I am recording a very special episode with Ness, Bobby's mum. Just before Bobby's second birthday, he came down with what his parents thought was just the common cold. But within an hour, a blood test revealed the worst possible news that Bobby had leukemia. This episode is emotional and it can be hard to listen to, but I think the most important thing about this episode is that it just goes to show and highlight the strength of a mother's love and a father's love and a family unit and that when faced with difficulty, you can overcome anything together with love and strength and leaning on one another and I really hope that you enjoy listening to Ness's journey. I will be linking her social media and her GoFundMe pages as well for you guys to support her and Bobby throughout the rest of their journey. Here we go. So Ness, welcome to the Mums Edit. So we have you in today to talk about yours and Bobby's story. Firstly, how are you feeling right now about to do this interview? Um, Thanks for having me and I'm excited, a little bit nervous, but excited I love telling our story so a lot of parents even myself included you know they feel a range of emotions before listening to an interview like this because it's just so unbelievably devastating and scary especially as a mum to hear stories like this but yeah it's so important that we do what do you hope that our listeners achieve from listening to this episode well, all I do is try and um, the reason why I tell our story is, is that I just want to share our, share awareness, mm-hmm. number one, and that, you know, everyone's everyone else's life is different and there are bad things that happen. Um, yeah, just to be aware that it's not, you know, it's not just living a normal life. Like these bad things actually do happen to people. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's just the reality, isn't it? Yeah, it is reality. It's it's not just a white picket fence and great things happen to you, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, you always think that these things never happen to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So you are a blended family of seven. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your partner and your yeah. children? Sure. So Colin's my partner. Um, we've been together for nearly six years. We're a blended family, so Colin has two children with his previous partner mm-hmm. um, who are Ava Rose and Will. Ava Rose is 10 and Will is 6, um, and I have two children with my previous, um, Charlie, who is 10, turning 11 very soon, and Eddie, who is 9, and then me and Colin have Bobby together. So yeah. Bobby's our blended family. Yeah. Uh, combined at our family to one. Yep. So it's a busy, busy very household. busy, very busy. Then uh, my father lives with us as well. He is um, disabled, so mm-hmm. I care for him as well. So it's a, and I call him my um, seventh child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's good. <laughs> So let's go back to the very beginning. You started noticing something was maybe a little bit off with him, something wasn't quite right, and this was in the midst of COVID. 
So Correct. you did a telehealth consult, is that right? Yes. So um, Colin um, suggested that I would we'd ring up the GP just because, you know, like we, we really thought that there was nothing wrong. It was just that he might have had some kind of viral infection or some cold, but he just couldn't um, shake it. He wasn't. He was off his food, and he um, just was a little bit tired. But the only reason was that he had bruises all over his legs that didn't amount up to the mm. the, the amount up to a, like a fall that a normal two year old would, you know, a one year old um, would fall. Like he wasn't like so. It was we were biz- like a bit bizarre by why does he have all these bruises? So. Colin said, let's ring up. We made an appointment and, yeah, they did it over the phone, actually over the video, and our GP said, um, you should take him up to the hospital and get some blood tests done. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we did. When you first started seeing the bruises on Bobby's legs, yeah. I mean, obviously with the toddler they're falling over all the time, they're running oh, into things. Yeah. Was there part of you – at first that was like, you know, these are probably just normal bruises. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't think. Like I, no one, I no. wouldn't know that what it would lead to. Like I, you, you don't hear about these things. Um, so, no, I didn't, I didn't think it would be anything as bad as it turned out to be. But, yeah, I just thought it was just lots of bruises. But he had lots and lots of mm. bruises all over his leg. So it was too, like too much mm. to be like, why? Why is there that many bruises there? Yeah, and so part of your mum instinct then was yeah. kind of like, well, that doesn't seem quite right to me. No, it wasn't right. No, it wasn't right. It wasn't right at and all. And you mentioned that to the doctors when you first went. Yeah. 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 And so they said for you to get a blood test. Was that the same day? Yeah. So Colin said, let's go um, Let's go straight up to the emergency. I took Bobby up. Um, and literally when we walked in the door, it was very weird. They, I feel like they knew that mm. there was something wrong mm-hmm. because he had a low-grade fever um, He and I explained everything, like he was off his food um, and the bruises. The bruises, I think, gave it away. Mm. They, put, they took us straight into a private room and mm. the doctors came straight into us and we're just asking questions after questions and asking. I remember one question he did ask was, um, is there cancer in your family? Like, And I was like, yeah, because my brother just had Hodgkin's lymphoma about four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was explaining that. And um, so they did a blood test. And so it was just a waiting game, really. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't make us wait very long. No. So when when they took you straight through, because you know when you usually go to the emergency department yeah. with your little ones, you're waiting for hours yeah. and then you're kind of taken into a half kind of room. When you were pulled into that private room and you went through straight away, was there something in the pit of your stomach, like intuition yeah, that you felt I think, like? I did. I, I thought like, you know, I did think there was something wrong, but I didn't think it would be that, it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be cancer. Like I really didn't think it would. No, didn't didn't even properly cross your mind that that no outcome. No, it it didn't. I just thought maybe you know it was something to do with his immunity or, mm. but no, I didn't think it would be that bad. So, 
the blood test results come back and then yeah. what happens next? The doctors come into the room and break it to you. Yeah, so um, the doctor came in. We were in this little room where it had a window and I felt like it was very strange that, like I've said previously, that these doctors kept walking by and kept walking by and looking at Bobby um, and, like, just eyeing him to see, you know, you know, how could this child be this sick? But, yeah, they they came in with a social worker and sat down and the doctor said to me, um, can you please call your partner so we can all talk together so I can tell you what's going on? And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So I rang so I rang Colin and um, he just said, you know, there's no easy way to say this, but your son Bobby has cancer. So... When they said this, Bobby was sitting on your lap? Yeah, he was. He, was, he wasn't actually. He was just um, playing. He had his toys out. They gave him some toys to play and he was playing. So what was your first reaction? Obviously devastation, but you're mindful of the fact that you have this little baby yeah. essentially there who's feeding off the energy in the room. Did you break down? No, no, I didn't. I didn't break down. Um, my brother, because my brother works in the hospital, he came down and sat with us and waited. Um, I just, I think I was just in utter shock. Yeah. Like, so shocked. Um, I didn't, I didn't even break down until I saw when, because the doctor said to Colin to bring a bag and come in. So he came in and I think as soon as they moved us from that room into a bed, Obviously, we weren't going anywhere. I, you know, we both just looked at each other and broke down. Because I guess, like, in that moment, getting that news, how can your brain and your heart even begin to process no. that? No, you, you, you can't. No. It's still and taking me this long to process it. Yeah. And this was in the height of COVID. How yes. did you cope with this? So was it the one parent only rule even yeah. in someone like Bobby's case? Yeah, it was, it was oh. awful. It was so bad. It was probably one of the worst um, experiences, literally, because you don't have that support. No. Even if you, you, you literally by yourself with your child, mm. it's one, you have 20 minutes to go past each other. They give you 20 minutes to sit and have a chat and then you have to leave. Mm. And obviously, you know, the risk of COVID was real and understandable, yeah. but did you almost feel, I mean, this is a bit different, but I recently no. had a, um experience in the hospital too, which was quite scary with our little girl and my yeah. partner couldn't come in, um, even yeah. now that, you know, protocols have kind of relaxed. And I almost like compared like also where's the concern for people's mental health, yeah. which is just no, as totally. real and just as vulnerable as totally agree. a COVID situation. Like, yeah. They don't think about it, do no, they? No. They're not put in that situation where they have to have one their loved one in there and you're you're just by yourself and have to deal with it because you do you need that support you need that you need your partner there with you including the child needs not just one parent mm, yeah, as well absolutely. absolutely yeah no it's it's um was the worst experience mm. just having the one parent yeah. in the hospital yeah and you obviously not only had to be strong for Bobby, but also the rest of your children. When did you tell your other children 
what was going on with Bobby? Um, we we took a few days mm. um, to get our heads around it all and explain because we didn't know what kind of cancer Bobby had and mm. we didn't know what we were in for. Yeah, yeah so it took us uh, probably five days. We just kept telling the kids um, that Bobby is sick, mm-hmm. obviously, and um, we, we're trying to figure out what's wrong with him. But when we did tell them, um, yeah, it was – it was it was very hard. It was very hard. The kids, you know, obviously they were they knew of my brother having cancer, so they knew what it was in, entailed a little bit, but not their little brother. No, and I guess as well when you're a child, I mean, you see on TV all the time mm. adverts about cancer, cancer yeah. kills. Like you know, your yeah, understanding exactly. of cancer at that age is very limited, and I guess you could only assume the worst. Yeah, definitely they did. They still do. They still worry a lot, a lot. Yeah. It's it's not it's not good. It's yeah, you know, because yeah, it is. It's very awful. So once you had gotten that news, you had to bring your bags from home, and you were told yeah. you weren't going to be leaving the hospital for quite a while. What yeah. were the next steps? Did they know straight away what type of cancer Bobby had, or did they have to do further investigations? Yeah, they did. Um, so Bobby was had so many tests, so many blood tests. Um, so the next step was that he had to go and have a emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so they take they have to do a bone marrow. So they take a sample and a lumbar puncture. So they take a sample to see like how far and what kind of cancer Bobby has. Um, that first weekend, Bobby had two surgeries. And the first one, he um, he was just too sick. He was so sick because his white blood cells were so high. They're up to 360 when we first got into hospital. And then for a normal child, they should be 10 to 20. Mm. But um, that moment when Bobby went into surgery, his white blood cells went up to a 560, oh my which is just... Um, it's so dangerous. So he, they were putting the central line into his chest and um, um, he was bleeding. He was bleeding out and the doctors said that they had to keep pressure on his chest for 45 minutes to stop the bleeding. Oh, my God. Um, he lost so much blood. He had to have, like, two emergency blood transfusions. So they couldn't continue on to the surgery to see what kind of leukaemia he actually had. Mm. So... After that, the doctors came out and said to us, you know, it's going to be a really touch-and-go weekend. It's all about how Bobby is going to handle the next two days. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you know, we just have to pray that he will fight for the next couple of days and get through this. So you've gone from literally having, you know, a seemingly a normal, child. normal toddler yeah. a yeah. few days beforehand, nothing in your mind being wrong to now being told it's touch and go and we'll have to see. Touch and go. Oh, yeah. I just, it was his birthday literally seven days before and, you know, he was normal. And then seven days later our world was ripped underneath us. And the doctors said they hadn't seen a toddler with leukaemia as sick as Bobby was and that yeah. they couldn't even believe that he was still standing essentially. Do yeah. you assume the worst hearing this 
did did your mind automatically go to the to the point where oh he's really unwell you know this could be it or did yeah. you just kind I'll, of stay in no you know, I did after our doctor was very honest and you know you you kind of need that brutalness mm. because you you don't want to sit and think oh my god like he's going to be okay mm. but when our doctor said to us you know it's going to be touch and go um let's just hope let's pray we're going to do our best we're going to fight for him but after hearing that i was i was like expecting the worst mm. Obviously, the worst. Yeah. So, because of his high white blood cell count and the bleeding yeah. out, when did they determine? Okay, he's better. Let's do the next test or the next surgery. Like, how did yeah. they get to that? Um, it was just um, to watch him make sure they were trying to bring down his white blood cells. So they do that with um, steroids. Mm-hmm. So steroids bring down your white blood cells, and they're slowly coming down. Um, so they did the surgery. Um, day three, I think it was, mm-hmm. the bone marrow and um, the lumbar puncture to check um, to see what kind of leukemia he had. And we were told that he has T cell um, acute lymphatic mm-hmm. leukemia, which is a rare aggressive type. Mm-hmm. So he is automatically classed as high risk. Mm-hmm. So high risk treatment is, oh god, it's 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 brutal. Mm. It really is brutal. So he pretty much started treatment straight away. And what did that treatment look like? Well, me looking back at it today, I was so naive mm. at the beginning. I didn't I didn't realize how bad it would be. Just the treatment, mm. let alone him having cancer. Yeah. It's the treatment, it's the protocols, the amount of drugs he has. Um, it's, it's so, that's the only word I can use, it's brutal. It's, it's, um, it kills their little body, mm. kills everything in their little body, in their body to keep them alive. Yeah. And what were those side effects like from Bobby's treatment? What did they consist of? Bobby, they always say that there's 5% chance that a child would suffer all the side effects mm-hmm. or all the treatment they have, all the chemotherapy, because there's so much and there's so many different types of chemotherapy that they're given. Like the first month of treatment, it, they call it induction. Mm-hmm. So they are literally like hit um, with everything everything, um, steroids, chemotherapy, every couple of days, all different drugs. Um, the first month it was horrendous. Bobby was so sick, so, so sick. He um, was showing signs of focal seizures one day mm-hmm. um, and he just wasn't himself. Um, Colin was looking at him and um he was having eye flutters and his hands were twitching and we're like, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So they sent him to have an emergency CT scan and an MRI and they found a 12-centimetre blood clot in his brain. Oh, my God, as a result of the chemo? Yeah, so he's the 5%. So Bobby got the side effects. So for one of these chemotherapies, um, 
is a side effect is a blood clot and you can get blood clots obviously everywhere in your body but he got it on his brain literally it was from the tip of his head all the way down to the bottom um yeah so that was another you know a blow because we were like like you hadn't been dealt enough blows yeah so we well i had to fight for this now because next minute are we like going to watch him have seizures and or a bleed on the brain Mm. Or are we going to lose him again? So yeah. we were petrified. We were so scared that, you know, we were going to lose him again. So with the blood clot, what did they then have to do a separate treatment protocol for that? Yeah, or? yeah. And is there that- is, there's two protocols they said yeah. they could have done like an IV blood thinning process thing, but because what we were so young, um, they they chose to do clexine injections. Mm-hmm. So every 12 hours we have to inject Bobby into the thigh. Mm-hmm. So we had to become little nurses, mm-hmm. Colin and I. He would hold him down. It's, it's mm-hmm. so brutal to say, but mm-hmm. we do. We You have to hold him down. Yeah. He Colin would hold him down and I would inject him 12 mm-hmm. hourly. Um, but the things we did, you know, to keep him alive. Yes. And doing that, I mean, obviously part of you feels so cruel having to hold him down and for him to be subjected to all these needles and treatments and surgeries, but, you know, in your heart you know that you're doing it to keep him alive. It is. It's so brutal, but it's it's so hard. You When you go into hospital and you're in that that bay room and you're with all these other kids and you you hear – all these screams from all these little kids like begging or asking their parents or the doctors to leave them alone because you do, you have to hold them down and you have to, you know, beg and be like, come on, we have to do this. There's a reason why we have to do this. But because of Bobby was so little, he had no clue. You don't understand why. Why is mum holding me down and I'm screaming to be let go or why you pinning me with needles because it's not just the claxine injections we've had to give him. We have to give him chemo injections as well and oral medicine and, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. And including in putting an NG tube down his nose, that's another thing. Mm. That's just It's feel, not nice. Yeah, I just feel so emotional, you know, about yeah. that because, you know, a mother's guilt. Yeah. Oh, my God, the guilt. You don't want to, no. yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it is. It's very, it's not a nice, nice thing to do. Um, how has Bobby kind of coped, I guess, with all of this intervention and treatment and all of that? I mean, is he still, you know, the little boy that you've always seen or does he uh, seem different now? Yeah, he he's... The last few weeks, I see I see Bobby at the moment, but for the last nine months, I haven't seen Bobby whatsoever. He mm. he he turned into a baby again. Mm. He he lost all his ability to function. Mm. Um, he couldn't walk. You know, he couldn't crawl. Um, yeah, he just wasn't Bobby again. All he wanted to do was sleep, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be left alone. You know, he wasn't a toddler again. He wasn't because Bobby was wild, mm. like he, like a normal two-year-old. Yeah. yeah, he was. He's normally a wild, crazy little boy, but no, it, it changed him. 
But I like now I'm seeing little blinks of Bobby again, but it's just because we're on a break. Mm-hmm. So we've still got that in the back of our mind that we've still got another, what, four or five months left of treatment and he could still, you know. Yeah. So when, how long has it been now from diagnosis? So we were diagnosed the 7th of October um, last year. So it will be now. Nearly a year. Oh, my God, I can't even believe it. Yeah. Has it flown by or has it gone agonisingly? No, it it has. It's flown by. I don't even feel like I know what we've done in the past year. We've just lived, I think, in autopilot, yeah. just functioning on adrenaline mm-hmm. and just trying to get by, literally yeah. fighting. <sighs> There was a video that you uploaded to your Instagram of one of your daughters seeing Bobby being back from the hospital and she broke down in tears. Yeah, every time I watch that, it just... I'm like talking about (laughs) it because it brought me to tears. It was just the most Mm. beautiful video because you can see how much love there is between Oh, my God. So much love. Is, do they have a really special bond, those two in particular? Oh, Charlie and Bobby. I, I always I always say to Charlie, you were born on this earth to be a big sister. Yeah. She's the most loving, caring um, little girl and her and Bobby are just two, like they're just inseparable. So she, Charlie found it extremely difficult. She didn't understand what was happening with Bobby and he wasn't at home. So that was the first time we came home from hospital and I think it was nine days after he was admitted we came home and we were only home for a couple of days but that was the moment um, um, he walked in the door and just them to cuddling, oh, my God, and him crying. He ran, and up, her crying. He ran up to her with his arms wide open. Oh. And because Colin was very well because he just had the surgery on his chest, so we had to be very careful. And she didn't know. So yeah. but it was <laughs> yeah, I know it's beautiful. They still are inseparable. Oh. Do you think that has it been particularly hard for Charlie to process yeah. everything? Yeah, she's having a lot of troubles. A lot of troubles. I um I've they see counsellors now every two mm-hmm. weeks just to help them. Um, but me and Colin are very honest and opened and we try and get them to ask us questions. But they've seen, you know, like mm. it, they've seen some horrible things and seen Bobby be really, really sick. And I, I do believe it will affect them. Yeah. But, you know, seeing someone you love so much in so much pain. Of course. And as a child without that oh cognitive yeah. ability to process the way that an adult would. I mean, even as an adult, to see a loved oh. one unwell with cancer is soul-destroying. But It is. Do you have health anxiety now regarding oh. yourself, your husband, your other children? Yeah, I do. I suffer. I reckon I, I'm, I'm going to have severe PTS mm-hmm. after yeah. all this is over. Yeah. But, yeah, I worry about a lot of things and I, I worry that something bad's going to happen in the sickness, but I try not to think about it as much. Yes, because you just kind of have to keep on going. I mean, it's kind of like if you go down that rabbit hole, you'll pull yourself out. Definitely. Um, What support have you 
receive for your mental health during all of this? I mean, have you seen a counsellor? Have you, you know, been able to seek help to help you cope with this? I, so there are lots of foundations that are out there to help you, um, help you if you want to speak to someone. But I've been, I haven't thought about myself and it's probably sad to say, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't spoken to anyone about it and a lot of people say that I should, but a lot of people that are in in the hospital oncology mums always they agree that it doesn't hit you until you hit remission because you just relax mm-hmm. and everything hits you. So that's when, you know, that's the best time to go speak to someone. I just think now I've just I'm dealing with everyone else. Yes. Like the kids, Colin. And, you know, he's dealing with us too. He's been my biggest support. Mm-hmm. How, he has, has, how has he coped with everything? Does he talk about yeah, feelings? Of, and Of course, yeah. He's devastated and he's heartbroken, you know, seeing Bobby like this and especially all the kids and me. But he has been the rock to this family. He has, mm-hmm. you know, he's taken the last six months off to support us. Yeah. And, um you know, to look after us yeah. and Bobby. But he's, his biggest thing is that he did not want to miss out on any moment with mm-hmm. Bobby. He wanted to spend all the time he could with him because, you don't he doesn't know. Like we don't know if something bad could happen. Yeah. Um, and being a father, he wanted to be there and he has every right to be there. Of course. So yeah. have you both had to take time off work? Yeah. So Colin's had to take paid um, leave without pay Mm -hmm. from his job and um, I was due back to work but I had to resign Mm -hmm. so we're both not working at the moment we don't have family support where if because if Bobby gets a temperature or something happens we have to go straight to hospital Mm -hmm. and we're in there for you know how long Mm -hmm. until he's better so who's at home looking after the kids so it's either one of us Mm -hmm. So we don't have anyone that we could just ring and rely on um, to come over and watch the kids. So, yeah, we both had to take time off. We're very grateful because um, my sister started a GoFundMe page and that's made us survive. Mm. Well, it's made us, made us have time to be at home with yeah. Bobby and be there. Otherwise, we would not have been able to yeah. stay at home. We will share the link as well for your GoFundMe for everyone who's listening yeah. and as well as your social channels. But Amazing. that's what I was going to say too. So how does it work with Bobby being in hospital? Yeah. Do you guys rotate? Yeah. Days? So we do. Yeah, we do. If it, We try and do one night each mm-hmm. so that at least one of us, we, we get to see the other kids at home. Um, the kids have so many activities, so and then it's it's not their fault too. They they mm. need their parents, at least one of them, um, to be there. So yeah, Colin and I do one night each because you you go insane sleeping in that hospital. Yes, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. all the beeping, oh. the kids crying. No. You just don't get any sleep. So I only had to stay <laughs> two nights with my daughter oh my once god. when she was sick, and I was like. I literally remember calling my husband and I sound so fucking privileged. I was like, I don't know how people stay in this. Oh like, I felt like I was going stir crazy. You do. You do. And especially we were in, uh, Bobby got COVID and we were in isolation mm. for, for nearly, oh, my God, I don't even know how long it was. 
and it was like three weeks mm-hmm. and it was in the upstairs so you could not even go out to the kitchen or oh leave. it was it was I would stare at the window and try and breathe all the air in that I could um, it was it was terrible. I don't know how the kids saw it. I feel so no. bad for Bobby. At least I can go and go outside. Yeah. But no, they yeah, it's it's the hospital is oh my god, it's terrible. How did you feel like during that time when he was in isolation? Were you in the mm. hospital at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were in hospital. He he got COVID and he had it for eight weeks. <gasps> Yeah. So was that really scary for you because he already had cancer and you know yeah. you hear all about people with yeah sicknesses. Immune. Yeah. Were you really yeah. terrified? Did it affect him badly? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> uh, we were very scared, and we were always we've always been very cautious. And when you have a child that has no immunity, you mm. you can't do anything. You you have to stay in your bubble. You can't go to places. You can't go anywhere just in case Bobby does pick up something. And we were very ruthless with the kids and, like, them not going to parties and activities. Mm-hmm. But I got to a point where I was like, "It's it, this is a two-year battle and yeah. it's not fair on the kids to have to miss out on their life because Bobby is, you know. So I was like, okay, we can just be a little bit more careful um, and let the kids go off and do their things because they go to school and they come yeah. home and – you know, we were very lucky that he he's picked up a, a few viruses, but he's been been okay. But the COVID, we were very worried. But he was totally fine. <laughs> I was the one in bed for four days, yeah, yeah, bedridden. And I think because he hasn't, he's dealt with so much more worse sickness than yeah. COVID that he was totally fine. But it because he has no immunity, it lasted eight weeks in his system. Wow. So yeah. Going back to the kids, so they still, I think you mentioned they have a lot of activities, like yeah. I'm assuming like dancing, things like yeah. that. So yeah. you've decided, you know, as a family unit to kind of keep those things going to kind of Definitely. help their lives be as normal as possible. Yeah, you have to. They, 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 need, they need routine mm. and they need to know that life still goes on. Yeah. Even yeah. though mummy and, mummy and daddy's life are, you know, it's, it's a standstill. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still try and do a lot of family things and we still try and spend time outside and yeah. do activities and have little parties, but we're just going to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah. So with Bobby, when he's home from hospital, I mm-hmm. mean, what does a normal day look like for you guys? I mean, can you still go to the park or yeah. things like that? We, well, yes and no. We we don't go to a park unless it's there's no one there, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is never. Yeah. But we just go for walks, yeah. go for bike rides, yeah. um, go to an open field and let the kids kick their ball around or yeah. play. And, um, you know, he's, yeah, going to an indoor playground is a definitely a no-go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so much viruses and everything. Does he oh see other children, like other little children, or they're no. too risky? It's too risky. Um, he's got a little friend in the hospital called Harry and a and, and little boy called Zeke and they they hang out all the time in hospital, which is yeah. – but um, no, because kids are yes. full of germs. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are full of germs. In the nicest possible way. <laughs> yes. Um, because like a little cold for Bobby, he yes. could end up in ICU. Yeah. Um, and it's happened. Like I've seen it. 
and he got really sick. He ended up with a, a rhinovirus, which is just a common mm. cold, and he was so sick for nearly three weeks. So, you know, we just got to be extra careful. We've made his his little room and his, the play area extra special for him. Yeah. At home. <laughs> yeah. He's had lots of toys and lots yeah, of Yeah, lots of toys. To He's very spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like as well, do you feel, I mean, spoiling him and do you feel like because you don't know what the future holds, like yeah. you just want to give him everything that he wants? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, you 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 can't. Like yeah. he he is he's 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 quite spoiled, but he he knows how to get what he wants. But yeah. we're trying to teach him at the moment that you know not everything's his. Yes. Um. But yeah, you try. Like you know, sometimes my mum would say, you know, you've given him everything, and I'm like, well, he can have whatever he wants. He's got cancer. Yeah. But you you, you can't because it's probably going to backfire at the end of this. Yeah. On yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you ever feel, I know you posted something the other day, I can't remember the oh, exact God. quote, no, off the top of oh, my yes. head, it wasn't bad, it was just about, um, you know, people feeling that your life makes people feel grateful for theirs. How does that kind of make you feel? I mean, seeing, and probably yeah. I'm guilty of this, you know, seeing parents complain about, you know, things that in the grand scheme of life may seem small or like not a huge deal like for me this morning for example texting you like oh sorry crazy yeah. morning the girls just started a new childcare like does it yeah. ever no frustrate you not. no 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 i'm i believe that everyone has their own issues mm. um people always be sorry for something that isn't happening to them yeah like that's that's my my biggest, like, you know, I feel like a lot of people are sorry and they're, they're, they want to be there and they say they're going to be there, but they're never there. Yeah. That's my biggest thing is that the past year have shown me who my true friends are, yeah. my, who my family are, the people that have stood by us and mm. supported us and have come over at the drop of the hat, you know, and just dropped food over. Um, mm. but yeah. That post was yeah. It is. It's hard. It's it. It is. It is hard to know that people look at us and feel sorry for us. Mm-hmm. I think what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like, like you were just saying then, like I mean, this experience and I guess any huge life experience, yeah. does show you who is yeah, really there of for you. Do you feel like you've just got like? show people the door. Like if, if they've shown you their true colors, you just don't have the time or patience or, you know, in two years, if they say, Hey, sorry, I was a really shit friend. It's it's too late. Yeah. So too late. I've, um, yeah, I've learned life is way too short Mm. and it's way too short to have grudges. Mm -hmm. It's way too short to expect things from someone. Mm -hmm. If they're not going to show up, then they can just show, I can show them the door really. Yeah, I don't need that in my life anymore. No. Um, if they want, if they, this is the thing. If Bobby was so important to them and so important to me and my family, and my kids, mm. they should, they should all be there. Yes. But, but yes, they, it has, it has shown me who my true friends are. Yeah. And my family are. Yeah. And I guess it's one thing to say, 
always here for you, sing out if you need anything, but it's yeah. doing that extra thing like dropping of groceries course. at the front door. Yeah, or dinners and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's been uh, – and it's happened. Like I've had so mm. many amazing parents and even random people yeah. just drop dinners off or groceries or anything to help us out because yeah. y- you don't – like I don't like no one's going to understand how hard this is no. unless you have experienced it and going through it because living a life knowing that your son will not could could survive or could not survive um it's been the most challenging year mm-hmm. ever but yeah having those people have just made it a little bit more easier I want to talk about your online community through Instagram yeah. because you have an Instagram and it's from what I've seen been so supportive very supportive. How has that been? Like I know you've said before, you know, maybe some of the in physical support, you know, you don't have people to, you know, watch the kids if Bobby has to go to yeah. hospital and things like that. But has creating that online community helped you through yeah. this roller coaster? Definitely, especially um, just other oncology parents, mm. other mums and dads um, have reached out and just given me advice and support and, you know, um, just always there to talk to and all the beautiful people on my Instagram always checking on me and always, you know, make sure that we're okay and checking on Bobby and because they're all so invested in him and they all love him and then, and they want to know and like, that's what I do. I just want to share his story because he's such a beautiful little individual. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, they have been very supportive. I had a lady, reach out to me and um, was asking me all these questions about her son because he was quite ill mm-hmm. and she was very concerned and she just asked me questions and I was I said, you're best off to go up to the hospital and get him checked and, you know, sadly he actually was diagnosed with the mm-hmm. same cancer as Bobby. Um, but, yeah, these... I know, I, could, I couldn't believe it. Did I was you almost like, feel like, you know, perhaps if she hadn't found your Instagram and hadn't, you know, reached yeah, out to you and known the maybe. symptoms, you know, she might not have seen the warning signs like most parents might not. Exactly. I mean, they're yeah. easy to miss or, you know. Oh, my God, yeah, I miss them. I didn't yeah. even know. But, yeah, no, I, I, I think she was very grateful and we still talk and catch up now. Um, but, yeah, no, like social media is such a mm. – a great platform it really is for support definitely yeah, yeah. so ending the interview what mm-hmm. does the future look like for you and your family for the next few months to a year so bobby will be ending his treatment in a few months so um yeah we've got five months i think left of um, his protocol which is but it could still carry on treatment normally goes for two years mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby needs to hit remission to go on to maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still, you know, we've still got a long way to go. Bobby still has um, surgeries every two weeks to check that his bone marrow um, leukemia cells are, the cancer is doing, like, I mean, sorry, the chemo is doing what it's meant to do, mm-hmm. and he has, um, you know, a long way to go. We really do have a long way to go. In the meantime, we're... Um, you know, we're just trying to be a happy family and yeah. get Bobby through this. Fight for him, really. Yeah. So um, we've started this online hat business for our little Bobby, as um, everyone's aware that Bobby is obsessed with his fedora hats. <laughs> um, and um, 
yeah, so it's called Bobby Ray and it'll be coming out in the next month and it's all Bobby's little hat creations. Aww, how um, adorable. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really, they're really, really cute. So we're excited about it. Oh, amazing. So we'll share that as well on our socials too. Everyone should get around it and buy these adorable little hats. You are so inspirational and I know that Aww. so many mums listening to this episode as well will feel the same way. Like, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, you probably don't feel strong all the time. I'm not. But. That's the thing. And I always say every parent would be exactly the same as I am. You'd fight no matter what for your child and that's all I'm doing. That's all me and Colin are doing. We're just fighting trying to survive and get through this because no child deserves this and no family deserves this it's no it's heartbreaking but thank you so much for being so honest thank you for having me no No, i appreciate it thank you so much